Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading other people, of course. So I was talking to a contact of mine. I know a few people who run a very similar type of business, and this individual that I was talking to runs a business. It's a networking business uh, where he brings groups of people together in different restaurants, hotels, whatever the case may be. Um, and and makes his living actually a business that's driving revenue from bringing these groups together. And it's actually been a successful business for a lot of years. And he was telling me how the pandemic has totally wiped out his business. Um, he said, now, you know, we don't have the ability to go to restaurants or hotels. We literally has wiped this out. Really sad story. And he was days away from really closing doors. And now he's looking at something, a whole new different venture. Well, a couple days after that, I spoke to another contact of mine who runs the same business. He runs a networking group, same exact model prior to, the, prior to COVID, same model. Brought groups of people together in hotels or restaurants or whatnot, charged a, a fee, generated revenue that way. And I said, how's business going? And he said, it's fantastic. It's literally better than it's ever been. I said, really? Wow. So tell me about it. What's going on? He said, well, the, the, the uh, pandemic has totally wiped out our old way of doing business. Obviously, we can't do it at restaurants and hotels, but what it forced us to do is look at things differently and take on a whole different direction. So we do all of our networking groups now virtually. And what it's helped do is it's eased the barrier of entry, so to speak. So people are more willing to join a virtual networking group because it's more comfortable. It doesn't allow, it doesn't force them. They don't have to go somewhere. It's a little less effort to do it. And he said, so we've attracted so many more people to these networking groups. And the best part about it is there's no geographic boundaries. We were limited before to like this, you know, certain radius around our base operations uh, because we had to physically be there or host these things. And now we can do them anywhere, East Coast, West Coast. I mean, heck, we can do them in another country. It doesn't matter. So he said, our business is up like 300%. And growing at an even faster rate. He said, I, the sky's the limit now. And I'm just so happy about what's, you know, this has put us into a whole new path. And it was fascinating to me. So here you've got two people with the exact same business model prior to the pandemic. One is days away from failing and closing doors. And the other is thriving. Same business model. One was paralyzed. One was, was propelled into the state of hopelessness and lack of um, whether it's creativeness or ingenuity or just willingness to go out and take a risk and do something different and adapt and pivot, and the other looked at it as an opportunity and now has a business that is thriving more so than ever. And I see that. I've talked to business owners all week and leaders, and I see certain businesses that are now positioning themselves or already on the way to great exponential uh, growth. And it's because it's pushed them in a whole new different direction that they might not have gone into prior to this. 
and it's forced them to step outside of their normal comfort zone and routine of doing things the same old way. And I see other business owners, unfortunately, that are locked. They're, they're paralyzed and they're in a state of panic and anxiety and stress and just trying to make short-term decisions to meet and make ends meet. And uh, it's very disheartening to see that picture. On the other side, you see other people, again, that are coming out of this in a much better version of themselves, whether it's their company or it's themselves or people that they work with or all. But they are looking at this as an opportunity to come out better. And it all comes down to perspective. I find that fascinating. Uh, there's an old anecdote where a shoe, sale, a shoe company sent two salespeople to a far off third world country to sell shoes. And, and um, one salesperson called back and said, um, I'm, I've got to come home. I mean, there's no opportunity here. These people don't even wear shoes. And the second salesperson called back and said, wow, this is unbelievable. What a phenomenal opportunity. These people don't even wear shoes. So it was kind of, and that stuck with me. I heard that years ago and I'm like, wow, okay. Same situation viewed totally different by two different people. I find that's the case. I find when I'm working with leaders, I can really quickly see what their perspective is and just how they think through things. And sometimes one of the best things you can do as a leader, and again, a leader of yourself and leading your life or leading your company or organization or team or family is look at things from a different perspective. And, and I'll give you some thoughts and, and examples. Um, sometimes, and I used to be like this, where I had to have everything mapped out. Like if I was going to go on a new venture, I had to be able to see the pieces of this and the steps of the whole thing, the whole process. I needed to understand what the whole process would look like and chart my whole course before I began the journey. And what it ultimately I equated it to was kind of sitting on the shoreline and trying to navigate and figure out your course um, when your vantage point is only on the shoreline. You don't have a map or anything like that, but you're trying to guess at where you're going to go on this boat. But when you step off the shoreline, your perspective totally changes. You see all the different aspects of the lake or the ocean, whatever it is, and your, your viewpoint, your vantage point changes. Um, when you take a step in a direction, it's amazing at some point, sometimes, your eyes are opened up to different possibilities. You didn't see different potential solutions or creative avenues that you were not seeing before uh, when you were in your old spot. So just taking that first step sometimes opens up those opportunities. Um, I see that leaders and I see companies that sometimes have a perspective. And I, I look at perspective as power. Perspective gives you power. And that's really the theme of today. And perspective is the way that we view ourselves and the way we, we view the world. So ourselves being our company, uh, our service model, our quality of our products, uh, my leadership abilities, my, uh, my friendships, uh, how I am as a person, my characteristics, and it's my self-esteem, it's confidence, it's everything. That's how, that's my perspective on myself, or it may be my company, and it's also the world around me. So it's how I view things. And I look at the, the immense amount of power that you get when you're willing to change your perspective or see things from a different point of view. Uh, I see leaders that get locked into one way of thinking. I've seen leaders, countless examples of leaders that are blind to their company's weak spots because they don't wanna see it, they don't wanna look at it, it's kind of like turning a blind eye to it. 
Um, and I, I'll give you an example. I have a restaurant in mind that, and you may think of restaurants like this, where the food is great, the atmosphere is great. The one I'm thinking about, great, great food, great atmosphere, great menu, uh, prices are reasonable, but the service sucks. Like legitimately, if you ask anybody about this restaurant, that's one of the first things that comes to mind. Now, I know that if that continues, that restaurant is not going to survive, despite the fact that they have great food and a great atmosphere, great location, reasonable prices, because people don't want to put up with that. They can go somewhere else where there's better service. And it's so consistently bad that literally, if you ask anybody about this restaurant, that's what they will say. Oh, yeah, you know, everything's great, but the service sucks. So it makes me wonder, it's like, okay, does the manager of the restaurant, do the owners of the restaurant understand that? And, and my guess is they may not because I think they would do something about it because they've got to know their business relies on that. Um, and it's because they're living in their own world. They're living in their own bu bubble. They're not, they're not willing to step outside and see it from a customer's perspective. Maybe they're not asking for the feedback. So as a business leader, when was the last time you asked your clients how you're doing? When was the last time you asked your clients for feedback and suggestions on how you can do it better? When was the last time you did a quality inspection? Um, or a surprise visit to one of your offices or your branches? Um, when was the last time you asked your employees for feedback as a leader? You know, hey, how am I doing? What can I do to better support you? What can I do to be a better leader? What's amazing is the higher up you go, what I found is people are less likely to give you feedback. Even if you ask for it, they're less likely to give it. But if you don't ask for it, they're never gonna give you feedback. Very, very rarely will they give you feedback. So you really have to be good at asking for that. And to my point on one of my prior episodes is actually taking action when you get it. Otherwise, that won't continue. They'll give you that feedback and that perspective once. It's like the restaurant that, you know, you tell the manager, hey, the service stinks. They don't do anything about it. Okay, well, you're just, again, you're going to make a choice not to go there. Your employees are going to make the choice to just leave, to go to another company. Or your customers are going to go somewhere else to another competitor. So I see this a lot and leaders get stuck and they're not willing to change their perspective. There's a great saying in that uh, that uh, their perception is my reality. So if I'm a leader and I feel and I know, let's say that I am an honest person and I do what I say I'm going to do, but I have people or someone that doesn't feel that's the case. They don't trust me or they feel like I'm just going to say something and never follow through with it. I could know deep down inside that, listen, I have nothing but the best intents, uh, intentions. I am uh, absolutely going to tell you like it is. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be truthful. But it doesn't matter if their perception is that that's not the case, then that's my reality to deal with, Right. Whereas some leaders might look at that and say, well, hey, I know who I am. I know what I am. I know what I'm not. Uh, that's their problem. Well, no, it's really not because it becomes your problem if that's their perception. And that's what many leaders don't get. So their perception is your reality. It's the same way if, as how I am in a, in a relationship with a friend or a loved one um, or in my community or just my perception with how I take care of myself, whatever. It's ultimately... Um, other people's perception is my reality to deal with. And that's something that leaders sometimes uh, forget. Here's another interesting thought. When you are running an organization or just leading yourself, how do you measure your progress? How do you look at, how do you answer the question of how you're doing? I know so many people, 
And I know so many leaders of organizations that are measuring themselves the wrong way. They're, they're measuring how they're doing based on the wrong factors. Uh, they may be looking at a competitor uh, and judging how they're doing based on a competitor. And in some cases that can work and that can motivate you and that can help drive you forward and competing for market share. But in some cases, I've seen companies that are chasing the wrong type of competitor. They're chasing, they're measuring their success based on a competitor that's in a totally different type of business or has a totally different model for how they do things. Uh, you know, I went uh, mountain bike riding recently and uh, I went with, uh, with uh, my brother-in-law, Jeff, and uh, you know, he's a, he's a, uh, he's a thrill seeker. I mean, he's a guy who will just barrel down the mountain. Uh, I haven't mountain biked that much. I wanted to get out. I wanted to do a great workout. I wanted to really have some fun. Um, and it was a 13 mile bike ride. It was awesome. But if I rode the way he does, number one, I don't think I could, but it would also lead to me not having the type of workout that I wanted to have. And it would not have led me to having the right type of um, ride experience. He was looking for something totally different. I wasn't at this point looking for that type of crazy, you know, thrill-seeking adventure. I wanted to get a great workout. And he respected that and I respected what he was doing. So ultimately, had I measured myself against the goals that he had, that wouldn't have left me in the best situation. Enjoy the ride, have a great outcome. And I see, again, people do that all the time. They're measuring, they're using someone else's goals for themselves. Here's the other place I see perspective come up. I see perspective come up with, with obstacles and problems that people have. So if, if, if I'm dealing in a situation and someone else views there to be an obstacle with something I'm trying to do, well, it's easy for me to adopt that viewpoint, right? If somebody else says there's an obstacle in front of me or making a, a certain strategy a challenge as a business leader, an individual, it's easy for me to adopt that. Hey, they say it's an obstacle. It probably is. Well, that's not always the case. You know, great example is there's, um, there's a, um, a uh, real estate uh, entrepreneur in Cary, North Carolina, not far from here who owns a lot of the real estate. And uh, I just heard a story recently where he was looking to build a 10-story building in Cary. Uh, but the problem was the town limited building sizes to six stories, no taller than six stories. And for years and years and years, there are no buildings higher than six stories. And nobody's really tried to build a building higher than six stories because that's the, 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 the mandated limit on the size of a building. Well, enter this individual who wanted to build a 10-story building, and he refused to look at that as an obstacle and started asking questions. Okay, well, why? What's the reason? And there's got to be a good reason. Well, the reason turned out to be that the fire trucks would only go up six stories high. And so the town of Cary had a philosophy that, hey, we're not going to allow you to build a building higher than we could actually access on a fire truck. So now that he knew what the problem or the obstacle was, he had a solution. He said, well, what if I buy you a fire truck that will reach 10 stories? And the town of Cary said, well, I guess that would work. So he did. He bought them a fire truck that reached 10 stories and built his 10-story building. Fascinating example of now somebody who had the resources to solve the problem, not all of us have enough money to buy a fire truck, but not, not all of us have money to, buy a ten, to build a 10-story building either. He did. He had the resources. So what was a problem or obstacle in other people's eyes that was assumed and inherited? Other people inherited that obstacle. They just, you know, there are probably a lot of other people that actually did want to build that may not have asked the questions or thought through a solution to the problem, whereas he did. 
So he changed, he had a different perspective on an obstacle and other people's view of an obstacle that might have been insurmountable. In reality, it wasn't. So a uh, little bit on perspective. I think it's an unbelievably powerful tool to be willing as a leader, an individual, to change your vantage point or change your perspective. Look at a problem differently. Look at a situation differently. Look at an opportunity differently from a different perspective, totally different perspective. And sometimes the best solutions, the best ideas, the best inspirations come from that simple step. Take a step to the side. Look at it from a different angle. Take a step forward. Look at your vantage point at that point. Just look at it from a different angle, and you'd be surprised at what you see. So I hope this has been uh, helpful. Continue to subscribe, like, give me feedback, suggestions, ideas for guests, topics, all that kind of good stuff. Keep your questions coming, and I appreciate you. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.